I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. And what a game to follow, eh? what a game to follow. Memorable one, we'll all, we'll all talk about this one for years. FA Cup, nil-nil draw with Burnley. The people who bother to go, maybe, anywhere, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on, because let's face it, we're not going to get 45 didn't minutes. Realize we're not going to milk 45 uh, minutes out, are we, of, 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 of the Burnley a Newcastle podcast game. talking about attendances. Well, no, well, they are the attendance champions, there's no yeah. doubt about that, but Won we can still comment on it, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, Relegation Cup, attendance cup. What spreadsheet, uh, balance sheets rather. Balance sheets. Sheet. Maybe spreadsheets as well. I don't know. <laughs> Might have some grit software at St. James's Park. And they're, they're actually all more valuable than the Intertoto. Yeah, exactly. Cup, so. <laughs> it's the first show we've done in a while because we took a, a little break over Christmas from the Wiseman. Hiatus. Save version. Festive anyway. hiatus. Yeah. That's what we can call it. Okay, well, you call it that if you want to call it. That's how jazzy, doesn't it? That's how we can sell it. Myself <laughs> and Gareth are joined by Rory as is norm these days, really. Be, you're kind of like letting the listeners down the weeks you don't attend now, I feel. I hope I'm letting them down. I hope they're you not hope like... hope you're letting them down. <laughs> well, because I, I don't want the, to let them down when I'm here. Like, if I'm not here, I hope I'm letting them down. That's what I mean. I hope I'm not letting you're them let down, down right yeah. now by yeah. talking. Whether you're here or not, you're let, you're let down. feel a little bit let down right at this moment. It yeah. is going to be a letdown this week because of the game we're going to have to talk about. So let's just not get anyone's hopes up. Mm. <laughs> well, I would like to introduce our listeners anyway to Phil Smith who is um, the latest addition to the Sunderland Echo, the Sunderland Correspondent. Is that your, is that your title, Phil? Or something, yeah, along so something along those lines. Something along Sunderland those lines. Somewhere. Yeah. Good Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Just tell us sort of where you came from, who you've been working for, and just a little bit about yourself. <laughs> you sound like an interrogator. <laughs> I thought it sounded more like yeah. a dating agency Hardly sort of thing. Hardly an interrogator. What's your hobbies? That, who do you Talk work about for? Football. <laughs> Talking about football. I'm sure he's comfortable doing that. I'd, I'd have brought my CV if I'd known, but... Uh, <laughs> No, um, yeah, Sunderland lads. Uh, spent a bit, just spent a bit of time covering uh, the mighty Neil Warnock, uh, mastermind in a championship relegation scrap in Cardiff. Um, but I've come back up for, come back up to cover Sunderland. And Saturday made me feel, uh, made me realise what I'd missed. Yeah, <laughs> the quality, the excitement, uh, the drama. So, so how long were you doing Cardiff for then? Like Twelve months, all in all. So, yeah. how did you find it though? All right. Yeah, it was all right. They're uh, they're they're an interesting club. Bless them. Um, owners owner hates the fans. Fans hate the owner. Team's not very good. Attendances are rubbish. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, other and than the, that, people always try and tell us that relegation would be a good thing for Sunderland. Yeah. I know. You just... I mean, it's interesting because the amount of clubs you cover sim- that you come across in the Championship, kind of a Sunderland size, who have been relegated and have just completely gone to pieces. I hear people say, oh, it would be good for Sunderland if they went down, and I just think, I, I, I don't buy that at all. You look at some of the clubs, they've just gone nowhere since relegation. Absolutely, um, and we keep banging that drum, don't we? Often down again. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, there's a few floating around the, mm. the, the, the bottom three uh, in the Championship who have been in the Premier League recently. 
So Owen Coyle's Blackburn. Blackburn. With Danny Gray up around. Anthony Stokes. That's what we've got to look forward to next yeah. season. That's a nice right, positive well, start for this. So you're saying we're down. We're, we're going right? to lift the move sli- mood slightly by talking about a rubbish nil-nil draw yeah. against. Well, we didn't lose, did we? So. We didn't lose. No. no. Has fair. anybody got any before we get down on the individual performances and stuff? Because I feel like that's all you can really do in a game like this. Does anybody have any override and feeling about the game? Disappointed. It's Team selection weird. first of all. You know what I thought about was quite <clears> interesting. Sitting next to Proctor, saying how it's uh, just felt really old-fashioned. Like they would. Because you had Defoe playing on the shoulder of their centre backs, you had Gray playing on the shoulder of our centre backs, and weren't didn't defend that deeply. So it seemed as though any opportunity after there was like a second ball bobbled around a bit, someone got on it and then tried to like knock it over the top to get the striker in, like clean through on goal. And it was it fell out of game from like 1993 or something like that. <laughs> Some so, of our listeners won't remember games from 1993. Nah, no, right. they won't. I I thought to be honest, I thought Bernie's game plan was quite simple, and that was to kick it at Pappy. Um, and let Andre Gray hope that he yeah. would have what happened to Turf. Um, I thought the biggest positive for me was uh, Denier at centre back. Yeah. I thought yeah. he was absolutely fantastic. He kind of, I know because of the injury crisis, he's been forced into playing in midfield. But watching that game, you just kind of thought, how is it taking so long to get this lad in the centre back? Quick, reads the game well. Probably because um, we're so weak in options in, in certain midfield, which causes a problem in, in, in itself, doesn't it? Because as Phil said, he was excellent in there, especially the way he read the game more than anything. I thought first half he was a bit, it took a bit of time, and then in yeah. the second half he really did, you know, his read. His, his reading of the game was the most impressive thing, yeah. I think, about his performance. Does it create its own problem, though, now in midfield? Well, no, because you just put Donald Love in certain midfield, don't you? Yeah, exactly. that sim- Did you not see that masterclass? <laughs> yeah. the, new, the new Xavi signed from Man United. Yeah. Well, you got you know Rodwell's you know put the cat amongst the pigeons by playing well two games. How many in a times row. you've been here with Rodwell? It's interesting. Not very many. Two games. Then he'll show. Then he'll show half a game where there's a little bit of something, and you're like, maybe he's going to start kicking on, and then he'll either get injured or he play rubbish. But what's interesting, I think, is I don't think Rodwell's ever been the, the one in midfield who's been more like the, the one you would expect to take control of the midfield, if that makes sense, and perhaps that responsibility. It's kind of a good thing for him because Larson. I, I hope I'm wrong, but you worry if, if his legs. Really, if his legs, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to worry that they're gone. Like to be yeah, honest, and then like you have Love, two who, yards off the pace, who's still inexperienced. He's only just got back in the team. He playing midfield. He looks all right, but it's almost as if Rodwell's thinking, right? I've got, you know, I can't just be a bypasser in this game now. I've got to, I've got to take control and, and do something about it. And I don't want to say maybe that's going to bring the best out of him because like we've had these conversations. <laughs> So many times. Well, I'm trying to think if we got anyone coming coming back who can play in centre midfield who wasn't involved. <coughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, he, he sometimes uses P and R as sort of yeah, when P&R, he plays three in the middle, doesn't he? So he could do that. But he's got a calf issue though, hasn't he? Yeah. Okay. Well, in each of you might come back. I don't know. I don't know how that would affect the shape of the team. I guess you, you know, Yana's eye might move into. Well, Larson's middle. Larson's been playing out wide as well, hasn't he? So yeah, you'd I mean, think that would be Larson out. Well, he went, he went to three at the back, didn't he, to finish the game? And you wonder if there's something in that yeah. as well. I think that Did, was more down just to what Burnley were doing. Weren't there was there? a bit of experimentation in the game, wasn't it? The, the, the corners, corners were unusual. That, the corners made us feel like I should be watching the game in like a provincial stadium in Portugal. Like it was like such a pre-season sort of thing. Mm. Like three men in the box, play it short. Try and work it in. Jillabodgy, like a big aerial presence, staying back. Like it seemed like you want to like trial as many things like that mm. as possible. Cause apart from the, the, the pressure players. was off. 
Well, yeah, but but what is the reason for not playing the young kids is of course not good. I know there's well, it, it, that is probably what it is, and there's obviously a lot of rumours that he doesn't rate them. But is he trying to make to fair, a George, point? George, is he trying George, to make a point George to Honeyman, the board? George though? Honeyman is 22, and he's been around that squad now under probably like three managers, and nobody has played him in. Nobody's put him in now. There must be a reason. For he's that. probably a bit just being frank. That he's probably been a bit of a Billy be a not in that. like that yeah, type of player. Exactly, and if. And we've said this before and we've had discussions about the young players and we say, if these players are any good, decent championship teams come in and try and take them off you. And that doesn't happen and that should tell you everything you need to know. When that last did happen, it was Jordan Pickford and he went mm. to Preston. Right? Yeah. Well, you, you look at the, the, the players who've come through the Sunderland new system who've made an impact. I mean, to be fair, apparently there was talk about Honeyman going to Wigan, which would be the championship. So, but... You know, historically, you look at Waggon went to Charlton, didn't he? Um, on loan. We're talking about. And uh, you know, Colback went to Ipswich on loan for a good spell. Henderson went to Coventry. They were younger than twenty-two. And I'm saying, uh, yeah, they yeah. were they were younger, but even even so, you know, you can probably count on one hand the amount of youth players who have gone out on loan at that sort of level. It tends to be when they do go out to League Two mm. and then they come back and then they go to another League Two club and then they go back to another League Two club and then they get released. Or oh, Boston United, that tends to be where they go and yeah. then they get released. I, I think mean, Boston United, if they're, they're, they're for different reasons, or I think they send them there. If yeah, but I don't think the, but there isn't issues. necessarily better offers no. for them at the same time, is there? I think, you know, and as well, you have to say that Moyes, you can't say that he doesn't give youngsters a chance, you know? Mm, you, exactly. What more he made a key part of the team, Lyndon Gooch, who, you know, he was the first manager really to trust him as well. So that makes you have to think, you have to look at someone like Honeyman. Um, and I have had a couple of championship clubs looking at him. I had Derby as well. But to, to get to his age and to have never really got first team football, I think is a big issue. I mean, I think that's a big issue with the under 23 system. There are too many players yeah. who get a 22, 23. Have never really played first team football, and I think there's quite a few probably in that Sunderland setup who you think, well, if you haven't really broken through at this point, is it is it ever going to come? Well, we've had you know we've had this discussion before, and it goes back to loan systems and the way that it's all set up, and you know how you know the the pressure on managers because football, you know, everyone's looking for because it's weird because they were talking about Ronald Koeman on the on Five Live. I was listening the, the other day and. How they were saying he's got to find the the long term plan, but also deliver the results in the short term. And I was thinking, yeah, and every every it's not just Sunderland who've got to contend with that. Every team's got to contend with that. And the short termism means it's it's desperation that's pushed David Moyes to putting the players in that he has because he didn't really have a, a squad and he's had to try them and it's worked okay. Um, you know, and, and often. If if you've got more experienced player, the option to bring a more experienced player in, because you think you know, I can trust that they might get us a result. You're going to do that because you it's self-preservation. It's all you know, and, and that's you know the the pressure on results means that a lot of young players aren't getting games. And if you there's we debate most weeks. Well, not not so much us because I think we're all in the in the pro and don camp. Mm. But there's a debate among Sunderland fans about whether he can realise his potential. Now, he's the same age as Josh Honeyman, for example. So that tells you all you need to know. And he's, really, been, playing, he's been playing in you know, France at first-team level for um, however many years. I mean, so. could, could someone correct us if I'm wrong, but I mean, Denier's younger than Honeyman, isn't he? 
Today's only 20, 21, 22, yeah. And you look, you look, you know, he's played Celtic, Galatasaray, Premier League. He's got caps for Belgium. He's played in European Championship. And the standard yeah. at the moment is playing for us and, and, and some of these players just aren't neighbour either. There must be a reason for it, as we say. Do you think the um, the fact that none of the youngsters played and, and it was the same, well, it was quite a strong first team in, in, in relative terms compared to what we have available, do you think that um, was reflected in the performance a little bit? Do you think... I don't know what you thought about players. I wasn't sure if um, they were going in for tackles like they would in mm. the Premier League. Yeah. Did anybody else get that sort of vibe? It was I, just a gen- I thought the whole game had like a bit of a. There was just a malaise around the whole yeah. thing. There wasn't. There was a. There was a lack of intensity, wasn't there? Yeah. Apart from maybe someone like Rodwell in the first half, who was trying to prove a point a little bit, who was getting involved. A few shots from range was quite. And he flagged to up the last twenty minutes. And there was a couple of times yeah. when Joy Barton sort of easily pushed him off the mm. ball. And but he's, he's, he's only come back to fitness, isn't he? Like to be yeah, fair, yeah, Joe like, Barton has a main player. No, he didn't look particularly fit, did he? he? Had a bit yeah. of a kite in him, didn't he? <laughs> well, but still, that kind of I suppose underlines the point of the under twenty threes, doesn't it? You'd rather have Rodwell getting bullied off another unfit player for that last twenty minutes than give just a kid a mm. chance. It seemed it felt as though that Burnley decided, you know, they'll stay in the game. And then the last 15, 20 minutes, they, they didn't want to replay. They'll have a goal, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's what happened. And yeah. I mean, Ashley Barnes versus, I mean, Papa Gillibodji. I think, but Gillibodji mentally probably thought, "I'm going to go and I'm going to get involved with them again and prove a point." Mm. Don't, don't get involved with them because that's what that's what he wanted, and he saw the, with that chance at the end, he got he's trying to get involved with them and out Muslim ends up falling on his backside, and Barnes goes through and. Should score really. You'd have thought um, somebody would have had a word with him about that, though, wouldn't you? Um, you would have thought somebody would have had a word what? with him about lots of things. <laughs> one of the senior pros, though. No, you know, because you, you're right, because that, that's what people were putting down. He's he shocker at Burnley though, the other mm. way, wasn't it? Because he just totally lost his mind. He, yeah. he was more worried about revenge than he was yeah. playing the game. So you would have thought if we can see that, and ex pros who commentate on the game can see that, then somebody like John O'Shea and David Moyes can. And say that another mm-hmm. word. Maybe there's no getting through to these people. Uh, actually, yeah, I thought build them out on a lot mm, of did, occasions yeah. when Pappy was just caught so in such strange positions. Um, and when you're in a relegation fight, there's going to be <coughs> games where Sunderland are playing against scrappy games where it's going to be nil nil at 70 75 minutes. And if you can't trust your centre halves, mm. you're going to lose a lot of crucial games. So I think there's a big concern. I mean, the, to me, there seems to be a big p- communication problem in that defence. You know, even even after what happened at Turf Moor, you've still got two centre halves on Saturday going for the same header. Mm. I mean, this is just basics, and I can only assume that it comes down to communication. It's I mean, barely been a settled defence, though, has it, for yeah. much of the season? Corney and Gillibodji have been the main pair, and then at Turf Moor, that gets pulled apart because of Corney's injury, and then Corney's <laughs> off to the African Cup of Nations, and now we're potentially talking about Denea being at centre half, so it's a, it's further disruption and lack of continuity in that position as well which for all it can be players like Gillibodji of course not being very good or out of form or whatever it can be just down to players not knowing each other and you know football is all about partnerships and at centre half you could argue that's where it's at it's most important as well I think the squad you know a few weeks ago it looked alright and then again it, it's, happened, it's happened again where we think oh you know what the squad looks alright there's options on the bench and then within two or three weeks it's decimated again through injury and the Cup of Nations now. I mean, at least we know we're going to get. Well, I mean, Kasri got injured last night, didn't he? Which doesn't which doesn't sound like such a bad one, but you, you wouldn't expect him to be around much longer if Dave Moyes has got anything to do about it. Do with it. Um, 
don't know. It's it's that's the frustrating thing. That's setting you up for a huge disappointment, though, isn't it? If you if you if you're thinking about players <laughs> coming in and stuff like that, because we can't be relying on that as fans, can we? We've got to expect the worst. No, we? no, I don't think. Uh, I mean, he's never he's never said. There's never, you know, speaking to people at the club and that. There's never been a. It, it's been abundantly clear that we're going to struggle in terms of players coming in, but. It's never been ruled out completely that we'll be able to bring one or two in. So you still, I'm still expecting one or two to come in. Leon Osman. <laughs> That's a foreign well, at loan. The moment, <laughs> at the moment, you'd probably take him because there's nobody else. There's space for a foreign loan left as well, isn't it? Because Mankeo is our only one. So obviously, domestic loans are taken up with Yanazai and Denea, but but is there the wages available for foreign loans? Well, apparently that was the issue. The, 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 might, the, the messaging internally... Was they might there might not even be enough money for wages for yeah. two loan players, but if they sold somebody, there would be, wouldn't yeah. they? Um, if they get rid of Lens, I mean, there's been talk about you know, Fenerbahce in this swap deal. Dear, this is going to test. This is going to test Baines because everybody said how impressed they are with him early stages, and he spoke about making a loss on a player. Sunderland historically would sign Lens, let him go out. He would play in Europe and in the champ in, in the in the Europa League, play out of his skin like Lens is doing, be one of their players of the season. We'd make a massive loss on him still. We can't be in a position to do that. We, we might be making money on Quartes. Uh, that's one. If they mm-hmm. get rid of him, I don't know how much of the wages they're paying. Um, was already. A, was it very much a long-term Was it two-year loan two deal? So you'd imagine they're covering... Was it four or five million they want to buy him for? Yeah, five yeah. million, I think so, isn't it? But Lens, that would be interesting, though, wouldn't it? To see if at least you get your money back. What was that, eight million quid for Lens? Yeah. And the, the, other one, the other one I keep an eye on, of course, is Kasri, because a lot of talk that he might be an obvious one to free up. And it'll be really interesting to see what someone do, because you're right, they, they, they make huge losses on very good creative players who go elsewhere and do well. And Kasri, for all he hasn't played much this season, is 25. He's a good, talented attacking midfielder. He's a huge asset, and you shouldn't be palming him off on loan deals to Turkey or making big losses on him. So it'll be interesting to see because, really, with someone like Kasper, you should be in quite a strong negotiation position. Yeah. Yeah. He's a young, experienced international. Yeah, he can be a bit erratic, but he's not a player you should be making a loss on. Sure, if you yeah. if you can, you know, if Torven goes back to Marseille for what they spent on him, basically, we should be able to send him back to France to somebody saying, yeah. You know it hasn't worked out. Although he had a good, he had a good spell. He's got a good reputation there. Sure, you'll be able to get that nine million back at least. If you can get the money back, then it's yeah. been a worthwhile deal because he did contribute. Um, Would you rule out Allardyce going for him again? Was it they've got a lot of those players in yeah. there. Well, he's been linked. I know it's only on a loan, but he's linked, <clears> been linked with Stuart Downing, hasn't he? <laughs> Allardyce has he? Because Borough well, going to Downing could play, could play middle of midfield middle as well, a bit different. He, well, he'll end up at Sunderland, won't he? Because he's slow and fast. <laughs> but it is. I, I would look at that and I thought, you know, what, we're going to end up probably on deadline day getting Stuart Downing in. Cause that's, cause that's what happens, isn't it? <laughs> Think about it, over the years, Ben Jarni. Yeah. You know all these types of players. Wayne Bridge. Wayne Bridge. There's nobody else, and we need to do. Kiriagos was he? Was he January one? He was the worst out of all. Him. Scotcho, I think, was a January one as well. At least Kiriagos looked funny though. There's nothing funny about Downing, is there? It's just Stuart Downing, isn't it? I don't think Stuart. Past it, Stuart Downing. Now he's a borough. I don't think that. I just don't think he's going to do it. He wouldn't want to. I don't think. What? Come here, Downing. Why? 
It's they're all lads. They've got this weird nah. thing where they don't like us and stuff, nah, man. Yeah, I don't think that. Uh, that coming much. home, like fini- he's got unfinished business from his loan deal in oh, 2003 no. or whatever it was. Can you even remember that? He was outstanding. That's when I like kind of first started going to games, so I've got like good memories of Stuart Downing. Class. Remember on his debut, didn't know who he was, and then. Drew nil nil at West Brom. I think he hit the post, mm. and he had a brilliant game against Coventry. He scored, he scored penalty, scored. didn't he? He scored one way, cut inside his right, and hit it, didn't he? That was a game. I think that, that was in, yeah. that might have been there, uh, and that that was a game. Colin Healy broke his leg. Mm. I remember him scoring a penalty against the North Stand Wigan. Yeah, one one draw. Yeah. Um, Tweet us in with your Stuart Downing <laughs> memories. <laughs> Stuart Downing memories. Before yeah. we get on to the hashtag the, welcome Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> the cup attendances and stuff like that. Does anybody else have anything to say about any? Any of the individual player performance, any any concerning aspects? You know, people have been uh, beating Fabio Barini up a lot mm. about his performance, haven't they? You're gonna get that from Fabio, though. You feel you do get you but do get one of those where start, he's, he's like that every every four or five games, perhaps. I think it's not so much his ability issues at times that bother me when he has bad games. I mean, I like him, but he's anonymous, isn't he? Yeah, I think he just, he just wasn't involved at all. Like he's was he? often. I think the one thing I would say in Barini's <clears throat> defence is that the his running stats from the Liverpool game were absolutely out of this world. So, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think you can maybe for Saturday give him a bit of credit and say that there might not have been a great deal left in the tank, mm. particularly mm. for the last stage of the second half. Especially when he's come back from injury. Yeah. Yeah. But even so, it'd just be nice to see him involved I thought, from an attacking perspective. On the, he, he does... He's on the fringes of the game quite often. At the same time, though, I thought not I didn't set the world alight, but first off, especially Yanazai again was looking to make things no, happen. Right. Look, look, didn't exactly all right. Didn't look, look like fantastic. Gareth but, when, you're, when you're praising Yanazai, yeah, no. but I think I think for the last somebody's got the yeah, 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 For the sure. last few games, though, he has looked bright and he's arguably looked our most creative outlet. Yeah, he always does look our most creative outlet. Um, I know that's not that's not exactly hard in our side, but it's just my issue is. I mean, I guess it's not totally with Yana's eye in some respects. It's so he get he gets to play in the the position that everyone wants to play in, and he hasn't really earned it, in my opinion. So he gets to play a free role, gets to do whatever he wants. But, he's, just but he is team, justifying it. Team, you look at you look at the goal you look at the goal away away to Burnley. His skill that way beats yeah, like two no, or great. three men. That that is justifying it. It's, but it's a moment in a game, and are, are, are you just saying? You know what? As a, in a team, I just think it. Then maybe his teammates do go well. 
you know what, he can unlock a defence, so we'll let him off. I don't know if how professional footballers think, or yeah, are you thinking, yeah. if you're on the sidelines, working your backside off and you can't get into that team or something like that, and you've got a player like that who isn't working hard. And but who drifts, is there in the team? Who the line, you can't always just pick a team on principles, not when no, you're in no, our position. Absolutely not, but there has been a message throughout the season about players being picked on those principles, and then he comes in and just gets put in because a bit of a teacher's pet situation. Are you just saying, well, he's going to like... He's going to do these things, so we forgive him everything else. If that's the case, then that's fine. But that's why he's suited to that number 10 role rather than being out wide where he's got to do arguably a bit more defensive work and he's got a bit more licence to drift in and out of the game. He was dangerous against Liverpool as well. I think actually generally in that Burnley game away, he was one of the few players to come out with anything resembling credit because that whole game he was looking to make things happen. And if he can, especially with a Nietzsche be hopefully coming back on Saturday, you'd hope he's got a different outlet hit rather than just looking for Defoe and try and be a bit more direct with his play and benefit off each of his hold-up play as well mm. so something so there's, a, there's a positive there with him at last Mankiw looks a little bit of a textbook Sunderland, wow he's got on his debut <laughs> and then oh you know, he did okay against Liverpool I thought off the bench wasn't great on Saturday Saturday midfield but... Yeah, know. but right backs in centre midfield. Yeah, that's the new thing. That's the new that's thing. thing. Yeah, that's exactly. Sunderland way. Yeah. When people talk about the Swansea way and the Southampton yeah. way, yeah. football hipsters who who love right backs in midfield. Call it a we lead, do have an idea. Libero, right backs. They have such a strange history of signing average right backs on loan as well. We seem to have like one a season, like going back to like Alan Hutton and Danny Simpson and then Yedlin and now Mankio. For us, he was Patrice Carter on. Justin Hoyt again. Oh no, he's left back, sorry, wasn't he? No, he was a right back. Right back. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was a right back. <laughs> okay. Right. Does anybody have as much of a, as an issue as I have with, with these crowds in the FA Cup and the way and the way they look? Because it's really with a look. Uh, right. I've never criticised. Relatively okay. The, the the crowds aren't that bad if you compare that, you know, because people don't like going to the FA Cup now, okay? But it, I think it like puts going pe- to the final. I think it puts people off going to the semi final. Well. Yeah. When, when you see how bad the atmosphere is and all these empty seats and stuff, I think it puts people off going. I think it probably has an effect on the players when they play. A couple of things that, that I think on that. And the first one. Is something I, I can't get my head round. Why they wouldn't shut the upper tiers in the stadium light for these games? What would the low ball capacity be? About thirty-five thousand. About thirty-eight, I think. Right. You're not going to get more than that in a cup game. Newcastle, perhaps. We've only got thirty-one thousand against Man United in the semi-final of a cup. We played Arsenal in the fifth round of the cup about three or four years ago, and there was only twenty-six thousand there. So you're not going to get thirty k plus, are you? Really, unless you're playing Newcastle. So. Would it, can anybody? Would anybody, you know, not be happy with that? The only argument I've heard when I've mentioned this to people is, well, you're not guaranteed your season ticket, then your seat. Yeah. Then, well, tough, but so what? Mm. In the grand scheme of things, is that a big deal, really? If they say for one game you're not guaranteed your your season ticket, does anybody think that would work? I think it's something definitely see, worth Newcastle doing. Newcastle yeah. do it, and they are the attendance kings, as we all know, <laughs> the self-proclaimed attendance cup holders, and they do it. So they're not too well, proud well, to do it because they, New, Newcastle gets something like thirty thousand in their cup home games. Does it? I thought they got fifty-two. <laughs> exactly. Even with the lockdowns, yeah, because it looks like that. Even exactly. With the, even no, with they the shut all like down, though, don't they? Now this perhaps you wouldn't have been able to do as much, but next season they're bringing the fans away, fans back down pitch side, aren't they? 
is that next season that happens yeah well so maybe it's the time to do it isn't it and try it out at least anybody I don't know. Can anybody give me a reason why that wouldn't be, why they wouldn't like that? Well, I, I, I like the idea. Well, you know, because you, if you if the you ground's going to look full, it's going to feel full, it's going to have a better atmosphere. If you give them, like you used one of the other options, obviously you presented on Twitter. If the, if the, if the uh, well, that's next. Yeah, ticket bumps in. That mm. obviously that would negate that option. If you season tickets, was it included cup games? Mm. Or you could just be allocated a seat. Yeah, okay. well, yeah, but then if every season ticket, well, I don't know how many season ticket holders we've got, what? 30,000 or something? Maybe something like so, that. So, Emily, out of those 30,000, we, we did a poll on Twitter, didn't we? And we Over a thousand of you, of you voted, and we said, as a season card holder, because first of all, I'll just put in context, like, when, when I'm sitting, when I'm sitting in, in my seat, I'm not in the press, there are about 11 of us, all in all, who got the games, and there was two of us there on Saturday. Right, so it's not just you know this is not me sort of having a go at people mm. because you know some of my close friends are doing that right, but I know for a fact because I know the way they think and I know the way modern society is, and I know you have the option to don't you to to get the the cup tickets included automatically, but you, mm. then you pay for them at the time, don't you? And I know for a fact if the club put the price of the season ticket up by twenty quid, nobody will complain about that anyway because it's only twenty quid, and if I said you get your two cup home games built into that price I know that my mates would go to that game I know they would well yeah if you've paid for it already we, we did the Twitter poll and we said as a season card holder if an FA Cup game if <coughs> FA Cup games were included would you turn up and we had 88% say yes and there were some people who said no for whatever reason weird isn't it did anyone give a reason for no no a lot of them would just say no um, give a reason hey one of the reasons was not what, why would I want to go and see us play this team in the cup when I've just seen us play them oh, in the yeah. league already. It's like, well, we'd already played Man City ah, exactly. in the league and everyone wanted to take the cup final. Yeah, opposition doesn't really matter exactly. for me who, who, personally. Who the, things, the, the, the argument, because we, we brought this up to the club before, Gav, didn't we? We just mentioned it when we, when we met them yeah. a couple of years ago. And, and the reason um, that they give, and it, it is a fair reason, and that is because the home side and the away side split the gate receipts and you have to come to an agreement on what that is. So they're saying there's no way you can put that on a season ticket not knowing you know, what that is. Spurs and Arsenal do it, and Man United do it. Well, I think they, the, thing, the thing is they they'd do, always they'd sell, they'd sell it. Well, exactly, regardless. exactly. So and what Arsenal do is the way they do it is they, they do categorise it later, and then the fan is potentially owed money back, or the fan owes money, imagine that. Arsenal put six games on because they're playing Europe every year and it's FA Cup and European games they categorise it later that's probably why their season tickets are so much with Sunderland as you, as you say it's not going to be an issue because I can't see an opposition opposition team apart from Newcastle rejecting a suggestion you should charge people 10 quid because you're going to get more people I mean, and I then mean, automatically then 30,000 season ticket holders straight away there was only what 17,000 there so straight away you've got an extra 13,000 who have paid the ticket? So you're, the gates are already up, even if those people don't turn up. I mean, paid for it. Then you get thing, the people who are going to go additionally. Why not charge eight quid, mm, ten quid? One thing you could try do, something. I don't know. Is maybe to encourage season ticket holders to buy tickets for whatever reason that might be. I don't know how it would work exactly, but you could say, you, you know, if you if you're a season ticket holder and you buy your ticket within the deadline and renew your seat, you get a free ticket um, for somebody else, like bring a friend sort of thing. And then that way, at least, if you it encourages 
the season ticket holder maybe oh well I'll buy a seat and bring this person on that person along and then, I just think then you need sell the tickets I just think then you sell and, the and, it, and it sounds ridiculous but I just think they need it doing for, I think people just need it doing for them yeah. and put it on mm. there then you could do the friends and family off like you said they do for some league matches yeah, anyway tenet, well tenant tickets but this yeah. this would you could say so if, you, just tenet, if you renew your season ticket seat you get a seat elsewhere in the ground that isn't a season ticket seat for free with every ticket or whatever and then you could you know however that would work at least you'd it might encourage season ticket holders who are your target market, I guess, and people who go to games every week to to uh, to do that. I mean, so you could go back to the League Cup semi-final. We had less than 30,000 at the League Cup semi-final. It's 31 and a half thousand. I mean, so there's a lot of Man United fans team. there as well. And that, that's, uh, I mean, when you, I mean, people always have, don't want to say excuses because everyone's got valid reasons for not going. If you don't want to go, don't go. It's fine. You don't have to justify it to anybody. But it is interesting. It's an interesting one that you wouldn't go to that game, but you'd obviously be wanting to go to the the final. Yeah. And also, the League Cup semi-final tickets weren't that much. It was only 20 quid or something. Well, more people would rather go and watch Sunderland in the Premier League against Stoke than they would in the semi-final mm-hmm. against Man United. Can't Which you can't, well, you can't, can you? But that is where we, that is where we're at, isn't it? And to be fair, as well, the prices at the weekend were really reasonable. Yeah. Well, I, I, I know it was a yeah. dreadful game. It's easy to look back when it's such a bad game and look back and go, oh, you know, that's, pay yeah. to say that. But tenor, yeah, at the end of the day, it was two Premier League teams. I think, and tenor maybe that, maybe is fine. It's maybe it's the fact that so two much, Premier League teams makes it worse. But I mean. it's not so much even the. T- I don't think people. You know, yeah, ten quid is a good. Price and people have said, you know, that shouldn't really put someone off. But I just think it's a thought process of people. I really do. And ten quid, maybe this time of year, you might think, yeah, it's not going to break the bank. But just at Christmas, just at New Year, do I really want to fork ten quid out? And it's, if it's just if it's on your card, you, you're going to go. And if you've already been to, even if it's less than a ten, it's eight quid. So you've got thirty thousand people, and you've billed them for that game already. So that you, you've made more money already than you have the weekend. <laughs> so the opposition aren't going to complain about it because you would have had a lot less, wouldn't you? So Just try pe- it out. Yeah, try it out. People are suggesting Do them both. There. Close up a tier and try that out. Telling you. The Man United obligatory purchasing thing where they have to buy tickets. Well, we're not in a position where we can do that. No, but we? some people were suggesting we should do that. I mean, I can't mm. I can't fathom why on earth you, you would ever no, contemplate uh, doing you can, that. You can, s- you can see why they're saying it because I think because the one people who go to the game. But no, it's not, it's, you know, it's, not, it's not the way to go for us in our position, certainly. Absolutely not. Like, because then you can charge, you could charge what you wanted as well. You'd say, unless you set the the benchmark before the start of the season. I don't know how Man United do it, but you could. You'd say, oh well, you have to buy the tickets and then charge thirty pound a cup game. That means, I mean, Man United as well. They're going to get realistically, they're going to get quite far in most competitions. Um, and how much is that going to cost? I mean, it, it, but yeah, it it's uh, it's weird in it, and also the attitude I think of. Certain people towards, you know, in the media as well. It happens on, you know, on TV programs. People's attitudes towards FA Cup games. I think one of the things that kills it as well is the selections by the TV companies. Mm-hmm. They don't select. They select. They select West Ham. Or Premier League. Well, Man United. Because loads of West Ham fans in the concept, I don't think Man United have missed. I've not like been fifty odd, isn't it? Yeah. Years, something like that. But. Did they do it on? They would just want to show proxy, like Premier League game. They'll they'll pick a an old Premier League tie because they want to show a Premier League fixture essentially, yep. but they haven't got the rights. I think that puts people off. I think people go, I don't want to watch that. I'd rather watch, you know, at least Plymouth. Uh, Plymouth Liverpool was on 
Which there, was, was, there was even a game like Brent, Brentford played Eastley. Like everyone yeah. before the third round had been going on about how great it was Eastley have gotten as far as they have, and then as soon as those Premier League teams yeah. come in, right? Well, Barrow forget played, about them now. Barrow played Rochdale. I mean, yeah, Rochdale yeah. were doing well in in League One. You know, potentially promotion on the cards for them, which would be massive. You know, they they not looked a good game. You know, judging by the highlights, but nobody's well, going to select Rochdale figures, Barrow. It? It well, it was because you're going to get yeah. more people essentially viewing watching, Premier League games because yeah. they've got mm. they've got big they've got a bigger following. I think I'd be interested to see sort of going back 30, 40 years what the kind of attendances would have been for two mid-table first division teams meeting in the third round because I suspect it would be terrible I just think the FA Cup's one of those competitions whereas if you're in the top division you aren't going to get that interested until you get to the point we might actually win this and I think at this stage in the home what you write, what you say about TV companies is right it's the, the good parts of the FA Cup at this stage are elsewhere it's in the teams in the lower league who want to be there and I just think I think it's almost natural that if you're in the top division you're not going to be that bothered about the cup until you reach a point where you go, actually, you know, we could we could have a date at Wembley on the cards, and I think people are just so slow to to get excited about it until almost like I think the last you'd, minute. You'd be know? looking at the draw tonight, and I think that'll affect people's views. People are listening to this yeah, now; yeah. But they probably know we've They'll drawn Newcastle, and it's my whole argument. Because uh, people, are, totally no, but what happen is if if we get get through the replay and to get in the fifth round, you've got to beat Man City, the Etihad, or Arsenal. People will be going. No, if you get Rochdale at home in the next round, you'll be going well. If we can get past yep. Burnley, got a good chance of beating Rochdale. Then once you get the fifth round, yep. that's when it's that's when you start to think. Oh, you never know. And you start dreaming. Start dreaming. And then you're going to lose to Bradford and put in like yeah, shopping. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Let's forget. We forgot about that. What I did enjoy my FA Cup highlight was definitely Steve McManaman's disdain at Plymouth for defending. Oh, it was horrible, wasn't it? <laughs> how dare they go yeah. there? How, how dare they not just go and just play open? But is is like trying to justify it, saying like, well, they could like attack and, and it might work, but it probably won't, Steve. Like yeah. this, what they're doing well, now yeah. is, is you working. They're in the fourth division. I know, I know. They had a shot on target and he sarcastically <laughs> yeah. applauded it. He's a commentator. <laughs> What a plum. Reminders of Craig Burley, can remember when we played oh, Man United but, away? And he, he was. Was that a victory for football? He said that Man United football, scored in the last minute. Last minute, yeah. Was that on Dysprasia, that one, I think? I, yeah. I, did, I remember that, yeah. Vidic scored. A victory for football. <laughs> but that, that is what it yeah, was like. You, know, you, you got dropped by the television company, didn't you? That's a victory for football, <laughs> mate. I think my highlight was uh, Daniel Sue Paul Merson picking his three tips to win the FA Cup no. and it was yeah. Everton, Bournemouth and somebody else but all yeah, three you got absolutely stuck I think it was Stoke actually yeah, as yeah well. it was yeah. it was Everton, Stoke and yeah. Bournemouth yeah. I think it was a different kind of tip on the, <laughs> side, yeah. the other week uh, when he had a his rant about English Dar managers. Rant about England. That was. We should just transcribe his rant, and then that'll be the. I'll, I'll see transcribe what, it see for you. Dar's been on the telly. Gary Rowlett. <laughs> Gary, Gary Rowlett. Gary, no, no. Ra- Gary Rowlett. Ra- oh yes, Rowlett. Gary Rowlett. The only then, English manager that somebody nobody ever thought about when he was at Birmingham. Then he got yeah. sacked. It's a disgrace. He should get every job. And then, the England job. But what about this? What, what about this? Paul Rowlett. Yeah. All we're saying is English jobs for English football clubs. Yeah, it was it was a very um, taking our. Football League back. Indicative of its time, that rant, wasn't it? Oh, it was in pathetic. a way. Snapped. Absolutely pathetic. The, 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 you know, haven't got a clue about the bloke, but they just... And then when Matt Letizia made the point about Pochettino, yeah. what, what did he say? Just He was emba- he could see he was visibly embarrassed by that. He did look, he was he like was, he was shrinking, shrinking in his, in his seat. Chair, he was. 
I think it would so be. By weird. the way, doesn't Paul Walsh look like uh, Alan Bennett now? I've noticed. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he started wearing like some yeah, like hipstery like, kind yeah. of glasses, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He has, yeah. Maybe he's got a woman living in a van at the end of his uh, <laughs> yeah. drive. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were in the pub on the after the game, and I saw, I was like, Alan Bennett. And uh, we were doing. Uh, we imagined it as uh, it would be Tony Cotty and Tony Gale living it, like coming around, <laughs> like staying in his house. This like you, like and, you and Craig, two, yeah. you and Craig's version of the trip. Yeah, the two. To- it would be the two Tonys, and obviously he's like living in the house with them, narrating Tony, yeah. Tony and Tony's. Uh, we're waiting activities. for the Alan Bennett impression now. I did one on Saturday. I'm not going to do not it. Not going to do it now. No, I haven't had enough to drink. Trail that and do it. Do it next week. Drink. You haven't had enough to drink. Yeah, it is quite. Yeah, I haven't had anything. <laughs> Hey? Nothing. Yeah, it is, it is quite a good. It is quite a good impression, actually. So, uh, funnily enough, I was doing an Alan Ben impression at work the other day, and someone yeah. said it wasn't very good, and I got really annoyed about it. Yeah, but I'm not going to do my Alan Ben impression well, you now. Be the judges, if you like. Did you tell him there? That was that was a bit of a, that was more Frank Spencer, I think. You got to get into it, haven't you, with Alan Bennett? It's like You've got to do like got to have like a story, yeah, like mundane story yeah, of someone getting yeah. a bus in a like provincial yeah. northern town, and yeah. and then it was Tony Tony Cotty had uh, was the thing. It was Tony Cotty had been making the tea in the kitchen, and Tony Gale was upstairs hungover, and he'd weed through the bed sheets had come through the cracking floorboards. That <laughs> was that, very yeah. That, well, that's very Alan Bennett. Yeah. yeah, it would be. Yeah, that was. Well, it was a while was, ago. Uh, you and Craig uh, wrote the flat now some yeah. episodes of the flats and maybe, just, uh, <laughs> we're talking, maybe there's something talking in the offering here. And, like a new one but with uh, with footballers and with Walsh and uh, as Walsh. Alan Dennis but the, then it, it wouldn't work would it because he'd be doing a Cockney accent which would but you'd have to like try and do an impression of him doing an impression he's doing of a Alan very Bennett. good impression of Alan Bennett at the yeah. moment if you see him it is, is phenomenal but I bet you people have definitely switched off by now yeah. I'll tell you what is a bargain after January go on then because we, we I was desperately seeking for a, for an out cue there <laughs> and I was struggling to find one so if you sell the, uh, a, tenner the, for the a, cup, a tenner for a cup ticket sold that two tickets for a tenner you could get to the Wise Men Say live show Lovely. at uh, Port of Call on the 23rd <clears throat> two weeks a day um, and you buy tickets at wisemansay.co.uk and um, follow the link on there. It's on We Got Ticket as the, the ticket host. £5 a ticket plus 50 pence booking fee. Um, and we've sold, there's only about 20 left actually. So if you're listening, you better get in there because it'll be good crack uh, with Julio and that. Um, James Hunter as well. Let's not forget him. Every time a promoter doing pool block. But yeah, it'll be good, won't it? They're always a good night. They They're are. Always very good. They are always a good. What else night. Are you going to do on a Monday? What else are you going to do on a Monday <laughs> apart from come here? But do you know what it is when we do the the? To be fair, when we do the ones up here, everyone waits until like the last two weeks to buy tickets, and then like there's a big rush around for them, and they usually do sell out. So if you want one and you're thinking about it, and you're you're yeah. lollygagging. They normally go like the last three games, like a massive like late surge. Isn't yeah, it? there is a late surge. So you know, don't be part of the surge. Don't be <laughs> get in there. Be part of the be a leader, not be a follower. Leader follower, yeah. But yeah, that was that's the end of that. Are we going to do the rope report bit now? Yeah, we should, shouldn't we? Okay then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>